one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is with a friend of mine. This is now Friends Friday and I have my lovely dear friend, Stephanie Birch with me all the way from California. Woo! Stephanie is a mother. She's a yoga teacher. She's a yoga practitioner. She is a writer. She is a photographer. She, what does this woman not do? I don't know. And she's just an amazing human being who I adore. Welcome, Steffi. Yay. Thank <laughs> you. I'm so excited to be on your podcast and like have a coffee date with you. I know. I know it is coffee talk in the sauna. <laughs> And I can see you. So welcome to the podcast. Um, we, just as a little background for the listeners, Steffi and I met when we were filming for 108. We were both on this 108 online yoga platform and we met in Aruba and just immediately just loved each other. I think it was like one of those, I just loved your, you were so charming. And what I, uh, I've mentioned to other people before is what I loved immediately is your curiosity and willingness to listen to some of the, you were in one of my classes, we were in each other's classes and stuff, and you were in my glutes class. And you were so willing to listen to my instruction to encourage you to work and use your glutes. And I said, Steph, you got to learn to work these, these sweet cheeks of yours. And um, I think that was probably maybe the first time you'd heard that in yoga Mm -hmm. class, even though you immediately latched onto it. So I I so appreciated that. Yeah. that class, I'll never forget it. It was a light bulb moment. I, I mean, and even meeting you and hearing you talk about the glutes and firing up the glutes and how important it is. I'd always heard the exact opposite in yoga classes. And even when I heard that in yoga classes as a student, and I was a brand new teacher filming on 108 with you, I was like, oh, 
okay, I have always thought that. And here's somebody confirming my own thoughts and beliefs. And I was just really excited to explore. And I drilled you with questions and (laughs) curiosity. And I mean, I remember sitting at the dinner table with you talking about it. Yes, I remember that too. And that's what I loved about like because it was it was your curiosity, your interest. You obviously had a spark. You had an interest in the body, but knowledge and that thirst for knowledge and also the willingness. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that probably in any profession, um, I find it in physical therapists as well. Like this, sometimes people don't want to let down any guard, like, whoa, I didn't know that. And this is actually how I was taught and just very rigid about that. And so it's almost a litmus test for me when I see people and how just depending on how they respond to cues that might be unfamiliar to them. Mm-hmm. And, and you were just such a great example of that. You were so excited. And so how have you taken that curiosity that you have already? How have you taken that in and parlayed that into maybe moving differently on the mat than how you were originally taught or oh, originally learned? From that moment in Aruba... I came home from that trip and changed my teaching in a way that felt really good for me and exploring what I experienced in your class and having conversations with you in Aruba. And it changed my teaching immediately. And even when I would hear things that were opposite of what I found to be true in my body, I just thought, that's okay. You know, what's awesome is that we all get to explore, we all get to play, and I will always, always, always commit to being curious in my body, in my teaching, and be willing to learn and try on new things or weird things or hard things, or I don't think that will ever leave me because that is such a part of my studentship in this practice and life and life. In life, I feel like, I feel like maybe that is, if you could boil it down to one thing that either you bond with someone over you don't is like how curious they are because I'm I want to be around people who are who are not like rigid because rigid is basically just you're dying <laughs> you know like curiosity yeah. is like you're recognizing that we evolve in all the ways how I taught 10 years ago how I taught 5 years ago how I taught 2 years ago is different to some degree than it is now and that's a good thing you know yes and yes, I, I don't yeah. want to ever feel stuck or stagnant, and and, and that will ha- that happens at times. And and I go, okay, it's time for me to try on something. It's try. It's time for me to learn something, whether it's body philosophy or um, getting in touch with the psyche. It's it's if I feel ever feel stagnant, it's I'm not flowing in a way that's explore explorative. It, it's become too rigid then. <laughs> Yes. So what are some ways that, what what are some things that you've been studying recently that have been really lighting you up? I know you've been doing some teacher trainings. Yeah. Um, I just completed another teacher training at a local studio here in Sacramento. And it was really cool because the training was, it's designed for yoga teachers or so long as you've uh, completed a 200 hour program at Zuda. And it's just an extension of training and learning and being coached by teachers that have been teaching for a really long time and have the experience. Uh, like one of my teachers, Anne-Marie, she's been teaching for more than 20 years, similar to you. So I love 
collaborating and working and learning from teachers that have longevity and that have been through the seasons of teaching. And it, I did not want the training to end. Oh, that's a good sign. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm grateful to have my weekends back, (laughs) but, uh, it just, it's so fun and exciting and also really hard work to be in the process of a training or working one-on-one with a mentor or a group or whomever. And it's, it keeps me on my toes and it keeps me accountable to how I want to show up and continue showing up as a teacher. And I am always grateful for feedback and coaching and I'm always wanting to learn and grow. Always. Oh, well, that makes sense. That's why I love you. So what would you say for people that are thinking about yoga teacher training, what would you advise them and where they should look to take a teacher training? Because there's so many out there and, you know. For me, I will speak for me. I have always taken trainings from teachers that I have known or in their classes, have, have experienced them as a teacher uh, and know how they teach in a regular vinyasa class or whatever style, you know. And I think it's really important that you know who you're taking from and how they are in person as much as you can. I know that, you know, we live in this world that's on Instagram or social media or online. And I, if I took an online training or trained with, or wanted to train with somebody that I met per se online or took their classes online, I would still want to know more. So I would ask to have a phone call or FaceTime and get to know the teacher beyond the yoga class online. Yes. And I would hope the teacher would want to reciprocate that. Yeah. It's important for me to feel a connection to teachers and not just listen to lecture. Mm. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> the sage on the stage thing. Yeah. Yeah, I want to Yeah, you want to be ex- and I, I would I would add to that. I totally agree and I think it's that you want to connect with the teacher, connect with the philosophy of the program and yeah, that it yes. that it's there's it's experiential. You know, there's yeah. you're applying what you're learning as opposed to just learning and I, I just don't think when you don't apply something it's not going to land or stick as long um and it's yes. not as meaningful. And Yes. Okay, so what do you you are so creative. You have the writing, you have the photography, you have the yoga. How have you decided to, or how are you blending those worlds? Or are you blending them? I don't know. I know you're writing. Is, are you bringing writing into your yoga classes at all? Mm-hmm. Yes. I host a monthly write club workshop, monthly-ish. Uh-huh. And my dream and goal is to have some form of writing after a regular yoga class. When I say regular, I mean like on the weekly schedule, my weekly classes, I want to give people a prompt or connect in some way. And I haven't quite figured that out uh, on a weekly basis, but definitely have been hosting Write Club monthly for two years now. I'm coming up on my two years. Yeah. So tell us about Write Club. Write Club that people might not know about. And if they don't, please go check this out and sign up for your newsletter. Yes. 
And then week, the weekly newsletter is a great addition that's been going on for oh, just over a year where every Wednesday I write a story or share a rant or <laughs> teach something. And then a writing prompt will be at the end of the email for you to write on your own. I love that because my kids went to a friend's, a Quaker school for their earlier years. And they are such great creative writers. And what it shows you is you can take, I mean, they're smart, I think they're smart. But the point is, I think that if you take any willing organism who can write and you give them a prompt, then Mm -hmm. the, the brain starts to just spill out on the page and the heart and everything. And it's, it, you just need a writing prompt. And it was brilliant because we, I would see what they like would write from one little prompt. And so I think what you do is so great because it's like anyone can write, like it's literally, and you're providing the, the first tool, which is the prompt, as opposed to just being like, write down your, list. It's like very, it's more specific than that because I think people get really caught in their headspace. Like, what should I be saying? Versus if you have a prompt, you just are like following the thread. Yes. And I often give my own example. I'll write what, I'll write a prompt. I'll write, share my writing of the prompt, if you will, or the story that I write about is related to the prompt in some way, shape, just to help stir up some internal dialogue for other people. What is the response that you get when you share these more personal stories that that you have? I think people, one, really love it and are, are thankful that they don't feel alone in their experiences. And, and two... It also makes me feel really naked because sometimes I write things that are really personal or feel really personal to me. And just speaking truthfully about emotions and life and things that trigger me or traumas or, um, you know, even when I rant about something, it it's scary to put that out there publicly for me, Mm -hmm. but also I don't want to hide those parts of me. I really try to be as honest and real as possible and write what comes up first, write what I don't want to write, write what scares me and encourage other people to do the same. The unfiltered, Uh, the unfiltered writing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's the, cathartic release. Do you find that um, writing it like in a journal versus writing it and then sharing it, do you, do you find like a freer sense um, of whatever that was gripping you? Because you've not only, you've shared it in this, it's brave, you know, there is a, it's mm-hmm. brave, it's courageous to share it because again, yeah, you're doing it against like what your kind of protective mechanisms are telling you. But do you, with that is the reward, do you feel like even greater heightened sense of freedom from that thing? Totally. Because I've been honest and I haven't kept it inside. Yeah. I do favor handwriting in a journal. I think that's one really good for my brain to write, use my hand versus Typing, like typing is not 
to me as connective and it's too analytical almost. I agree. Whereas like when you can write and make shapes, I can doodle, I can add little lines and figures and even start to sketch. So some sometimes writing can be words, but then drawing a picture or sharing a list or poetry or whatever comes out and typing on a computer is not the same. It's not as explorative and ex- like expressive. I think, yes, you- it almost is like you can feel the emotions being, mm-hmm. you know, literally being translated through the scribe. <laughs> now, yes. I, a, a couple questions were asked about writing and how you got into it. Did you have formal training or did you just start writing as your own way, realizing how much it felt good psychologically for you? I have not been trained. I have always been writing and sharing my thoughts and kept a journal. Uh, Sometimes I would write things. I still do this. I would write on the fly. Like I had a train of thought or feeling or some, I needed to get something out physically through writing. So I would write on receipts or torn up envelopes or whatever I could grasp or would pull over on the side of the road and, and, and furiously write or ferociously write. Uh, and I, it's interesting because, because I don't have training in it, but I know how it's impacted my life. Uh, I, I still very much believe in the power of writing and the, the tool of it being a healing component for me in my life, just like yoga and breath work, meditation. The fact is, it's funny because some people think that because I'm not formally trained, like how dare I uh, teach this or or call myself a writer? And that's okay. That's okay, but that's really limiting, right? I mean, there's people that are gifted and call. It, it's kind of like that's a calling of yours. And in some ways, I wonder if formalizing it through some kind of formal education would, would dampen it. You know, I just think that not everybody's going to write in the way you do. And it is, Mm -hmm. you have, you have discovered it as this transform, you know, transformative tool. And that's Mm -hmm. what, that's what you're trying to teach is how, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like you're like trying to teach the mechanics and the grammar and, you know, all of that, but, and and the persuasive argument or whatever. Yeah. Like you're trying to teach the transformative tool of writing really. Yes. Like let go of any rules that you ever learned about writing. Mm -hmm. We're not here to write with punctuation, spell the words correctly. You're here to write from the inside out. You're here to write your emotions, what, what you're going through. What's, what's the juice, mm-hmm. not necessarily the performance of the juice, getting it right and perfect. Love it. I love it. So when you, you've, you've written quite a bit about um, postpartum struggle with depression, mm-hmm. did you mm-hmm. find that you writing helped you or were you, was it even hard to write sometimes because that kind of mm-hmm. fog of there's so, so much going when- on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. In the fog, when I was in the fog, I didn't, I wouldn't say I wrote a lot. Um, it was more on the tail end and out that I was able to write. I think just because I had more clarity uh, and going through that, that time in my life, my yoga practice was vital. 
I, I would not be alive if I did not practice yoga. Uh, it was a very real and scary time for our family. And coming out of that, I was able to, I guess, have my feet on the ground enough to be able to formulate that experience and try to articulate what it felt like going through depression and even dips thereafter. Did you have a history of depression before this? No, but um, I know my biological dad struggles um, and has in his own life. And I have other family members too. And so it's almost like I'm waiting for something to drop. Right. Yeah. I don't want to live like that. But at the same time, there's a part of me that goes, okay, things could drop on a like genetic level. Right. That's real. Yeah. And that's, um, there's so much we know and so much we don't know, but that's always being discovered about the nature versus nurture and how much uh, yeah. is that genetic component brought in? How is it epigenetic? Meaning like the environment's impact on the genetics that we pass on. But at any rate, it's not something that can be ignored. And, and knowing that yeah. as a background certainly can be informative for how you, you know, deal with it, treat yourself, um, be, and I think be gentle with yourself, right? Knowing that that is, I think so many people struggle with depression and anxiety and can feel like it is, it's just encoded in their DNA and it's not necessarily at all. And you, and like movement in the form of your body, in the form of moving shit out of your brain on the paper. These are really powerful tools. And of course, medicine when needed, I'm, I know people need medicine, you know, but these other, these other tools are so, so powerful for burning up Mm -hmm. some of that stuff that, that is, um, can, can be passed along. Yeah. Like yoga, vital, definitely writing to express, like to keep it moving mm-hmm. towards us, like got to keep it moving. Uh, and also what I did because my son was, um, it was when it, he was an infant, like I re- the major dip was when he was about eight months old. So later it happened later for me. And I also went back to school like I signed up for college classes and I took philosophy, art, uh, sociology, psychology. I've taken all those classes before and I literally knew that I had to focus. I had to study. I had to almost, not almost, I had to rewire my brain. And I thought art would be good for this, writing on philosophy, <laughs> studying psychology, sociology. And I went back to school for a whole year because I knew I needed something else mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get my brain going. There you go. The, the mommy mush brain, it can, it's a real thing, mm-hmm. right? And you do, you, you don't, you want to, and that's a, oh, that's a, that's a good remedy going back to school for it. But you just, it's kind of, you just came up with your own, like what I tell my daughter, your, your protocol for what you do yeah. when you're stressed or depressed or whatever. Like if we have that, 
we are so much better equipped in all stages. Now you add the hormones and that's a whole other thing to also contend with. But yeah, it's like move. You had writing, I'm sure. Did you have anybody that you turned to for this or did you find that you go more internal when you're in that? Oh, internal. Mm -hmm. Nobody in my life knew until later. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, I had isolated myself and that's also another it's unfortunate because part of me goes, if I went back to that, I would know how we don't heal in isolation. We heal in community. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that if I was able to at least reach out, the only person that knew was Steve. And because it got to a point where he was like, I either take you to the hospital or you do something like yoga. like. Yeah. He was very specific and yeah. And now look, he's doing yoga. So had he been doing yoga before that or was he just kind of like mm-hmm. looking for a like a life okay, lifeline there. So he had been doing yoga. Yeah. He got you into he's, yoga. You got certified and then he later got certified. Yeah, he just got certified and he's teaching his that's so, weekly class Monday. That's amazing. So are we going to have like the uh <laughs> the the Steph and I was going to tell him I was going to call him Tiller Steph and Steve show <laughs> the Tiller man. Um, are you guys no. going to do any? I, I I know he's mentioned he wants to have more experience before he aligns, but that would be such a great yeah. couples yoga class. Yeah, we want to do some things like that. He says he wants to teach and have more experience, and he's not quite ready to do anything, but he he envisions that as a dream. And he's the one that came up with that more than I. So wow, that's pretty, yeah. I'm trying to see what he presents. <laughs> uh, yes, we'll see. So he's giving himself some years and you get, you can uh, adjust to that idea. Um, wow. So and speaking of yoga, and a few people ask what your recommendations were for newer yoga teachers that are coming into it, because it it can be very daunting to come out of teacher yeah. training and like, how many classes do I teach? Where should I teach? How do I, you've already tapped into or talked about, you know, learn more, align yourself with teachers that, that you really yeah. enjoy. Any other tips? Like, how do you, how have you decided how, how much you need to teach and how much you want to teach? I, I would just tell anyone, you know, your yoga practice comes first and it's vital to your teaching. Uh, so if you're teaching a lot of classes and you're not practicing, then you need to flip that. You need to practice more and teach less. I I think it's really important as a teacher that you are practicing because then you can speak with students and connect them to their bodies in the moment. And, and you know, what these things in your body, mentally, emotionally, full-on connection. And as a new teacher, you don't have to be super creative either. Just foundations is Mm. an awesome way to teach. I agree. I know. Yeah. Just keep it really simple and accessible for other, for students. Now, do you have, do you have some classes, uh, online now on your, do you have YouTube? Is that it that you have? Or are you putting up some classes as examples for people? Yeah. I don't know that I have any foundational classes on there, but I will be filming some more 
when I get back from Bali, just to ha- add some classes to my YouTube. And uh, there, the other classes that I have on my YouTube are very short and sweet. Uh, one is even called Yoga for Type Spaces because I'm literally practicing right next to my bed and Love we have it. a tiny house. So yeah. yeah, they're very short and sweet classes, um, enough to just to shift the energy, mm-hmm. really. That's great. Mm-hmm. And what is how? Where can people find you on YouTube? I believe it's under the Steffi Now. Steffi YouTube, Now, but it's on my website too. Oh, that's yeah. right. So, and so your website Steffi is now. called Steffi Now. Or no, Stephanie yeah. Bird. Steffinow dot com. No, it's all the same. I love it because did you come up with that <laughs> name for like this is where I am now kind of thing? <laughs> like it's yes. always transitioning, <laughs> always like evolving. Yes, that's the at the time. So long time ago, I think Facebook asked for us regular users. This is before, I mean, this is like 10 years ago, asked us to come up with our own personal Facebook link. Mm. And at the time I was reading The Power of Now and I was like, oh, Steffi now is always here. Oh, I love it. And then I just... All other things. <laughs> there you go. Steffi now. Now we're never going to be. And it, it sounds so good together. Like Laura now doesn't really flow as much. Steffi now. It really flows. So people can Thank find you. Steffi now on YouTube. You've got classes there. They can mm-hmm. find you classes are in Sacramento. Where are the studios you teach in Sacramento? Uh, I teach at Zuda in Midtown, Soulfire, and at Momentum in Roseville. Uh, and I, I teach probably seven to eight classes a week and they're all scattered across the board this week. I'm teaching 14. So, wow. You know, it can change, but you're going away <laughs> to Bali. So you're kind of like leveling up before yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, all right. So yeah, they can yeah. find you in person there, which I think, oh my gosh, I would love to live in California and be near you, but I'll have to come out there. We'll, we'll have to make that happen. And then they can find the right club Wednesday. You have the newsletter but you also do your right clubs in Sacramento as well. Okay. And all that's yes. on your website. I love it. Um, we didn't even tap use- on your photography. So you're going to have to come back and we'll talk about photography because your photography is uh-huh. unreal. But I'm so uh-huh. proud to call you as a friend. I'm so um, just blown away by your talent and also your kindness and your just realness. So bless your heart. I love you. Thank you. I love you. I have... Um- endless respect for you. And I'm just so grateful that we got to meet on a tiny island. And here we are many years later. I know, I know. Chatting. Chatting on my podcast. Well, thank you for everything and we'll have you back for more. But for everybody out there, pulling for you as always, hugs from me to you. 